You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all today, continuing the draft draft coverage that we've got going on. Yeah, it's the draft this coming Thursday. That means the Pelicans with the 51st overall pick are going to need to kind of look and scout out the second round prospects. And we're going to dive in deep on some of those guys here today. So we're going to cover a a handful of them. We're going to look at Josh Akogi over out of Georgia Tech. I mentioned him the other day. I want to talk about Shake Hamilton, or sorry, Shake Milton, who's going to really be high on the Pelicans list if he's available at 51, as well as, uh, let's see who we want to cover today, Vincent Edwards. All of these are also profiled over at LockedOnPelicans.com if you want to read a little bit more. Here's some of those stats on them. We got all of those and more prospects as well. We are covering everything you need to know about these guys. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So we're just going to dive into it. This is going to be quick easy, simple podcast on what you need to know about names that are going to be available potentially to the Pelicans in the second round. So first up, Josh Akogi out of Georgia Tech. This guy's a sophomore. He's a shooting guard. He can kind of play maybe small forward a little bit, but primarily is going to be looking at playing the two guard. He's six foot four. He's got a good wingspan. He's 19 years old as a sophomore. And this is a guy who's been on NBA radars for two seasons. You know, he projects as a two-way wing player with some positional versatility. And then you add in the fact that he can shoot a little bit and you see why NBA teams might be a little bit hot on this guy. And that's kind of the type of player you're looking for in the modern NBA. Basically, this guy has shades of Melvin Frazier and it just not as good. You know, he was suspended to start his sophomore year at Georgia Tech. Injuries also had a factor in that as well. You didn't get him out there playing as much as you would like, but he still managed to score 18.2 points per game. He shoots well from the field. He shoots 38% from three. Not as high as some other guys, but you want to look at free throw percentage when it comes to projecting shooting from college players to the NBA, and he's an 82.1% free throw shooter. Not 90 or above, but I'll take 82 out of a guy. He can rebound decently well, average 6.3 per game, along with 1.8 steals so he's a wing player that's what he is he's not a creator he's not a ball handler or anything like that you know he's got a near seven foot wingspan and decent athleticism so you know he can probably step in and he's got the size at least to guard NBA players you can throw him on a two guard you could throw him on a wing if need be yeah he's a little undersized height wise and we saw what that can do when you throw a guy like each one more on the wing all season long but again seven foot wingspan kind of helps a alleviate some of that you know each one more doesn't have that type of wingspan whatsoever so he can defend multiple positions you've got to like that that shows some switchability there too he's got those long arms which allow and athleticism which allows him to jump into the passing lanes again 1.8 steals per game is pretty good and on defensive basketball iq a big thing here that new orleans needs you've 
got to like his rotations. He's actually a very good off-ball defender. You're going to see some other prospects here in the second round that are very good on-ball defenders. Shake Milton's one of them, but not good off-ball. That's an important thing. Akogi does have a good three-point shot, 38% of his attempts from deep, so you like to see him as a catch-and-shoot player that can maybe cut a little bit. Still raw, his shot mechanics need some help, and he doesn't really create for others. Again, 2.7 assists per 40 minutes despite a high usage rate is not ideal but the Pelicans are really going to be looking on the wing and in the backcourt in this second round Rondo and Ian Clark's future are up in the air and maybe they're not going to be here next season Rondo likely will be Ian Clark probably not so Kogi can kind of slot right in there will be minutes for him on the wing you know if he can shoot and if it translates to the NBA that's big he can space the court you can see him in the rotation Akogi was also great at getting to the free throw line he averaged 6.8 free throw attempts per game last season that's excellent he shows good kind of size and strength and that has to make you feel that he can at least get to the line in the NBA and if he can do that and defend he's got a spot on this Pelicans team he's been impressing recently in these pre-draft workouts so while originally kind of projected to be around where the Pelicans are, he might have earned himself a spot in the first round. But in our, N- our Locked On NBA mock draft, which you should listen to, he did not go in the first round. So kind of shows you just a bit of a range on where he might fall. But this is a prospect that could be there around where the Pelicans are picking. And if he's on the board, expect them to make a play for this versatile wing defender. So if you want to read more about Akogi or any of these other second-round prospects that I'm going to be talking today, they are all profiled over at LockedOnPelicans.com, along with other guys. So make sure you check it out daily because we've got the draft coverage you need if you want to know who the Pelicans are going to be taking in the second round. Next on the list, we've got Vincent Edwards Sr. out of Purdue, kind of a front court player. He can kind of be a stretch four, maybe small forward, power forward, depending. Six foot eight, he's 22 years old, averaged 14.6 points per game in college on 47.5% shooting, 39.8% from deep, 83.3% from the free throw line, and that's the key one, to go with 7.4 rebounds per game along with 2.9 assists. Edwards actually declared for the draft last year, so he's been on NBA radars for a little while now, but decided to go back and return to Purdue for his senior year where he put up his most impressive season yet. Seeing a guy incrementally improve over four years in college is definitely something you want to see out of players. Yes, these guys might not have the top-end talent and the elite level of athleticism, the lights-out shooting that some of these top prospects do, but if a guy can keep improving, it at least hopefully shows work ethic to you along with coachability two things that are rather important in almost anything you do in life let alone the NBA you know that's kind of a good thing too to be able to improve so when you look at this guy he's a versatile scorer who can do a number of things you know he projects to be a good shooter in the NBA he's got very good size and you know he can play multiple positions and this is a good thing for the Pelicans they like versatility and you know he can defend multiple positions he can switch he can do kind of whatever you need but when you look at this guy you always kind of feel wanting for more with him he's athletic 
but is he actually athletic enough to compete at the highest level of the NBA? You know, he's a decent enough defender, but he doesn't generate turnover steals, things like that, which kind of leave you wanting a little bit. He's a decent shooter. He showed some good touch on his shot. He's got a, a fast enough release, but it's not lightning quick. It's nothing that makes him really kind of just jump off the screen at you and make you be like, yeah, this guy is going to be awesome. At least not like Josh Akogi, who shows a little bit more. He's kind of just a well-rounded player, but none of those attributes are really NBA ready at the moment. So he's still a bit raw. And yeah, he could be a versatile jack-of-all-trades role player for you if those skills develop. But again, it's a big if with him. So there's a reason that this guy with size and decent enough athleticism, you know, is not projected to be in the first round. Also, he's a senior that usually doesn't do it too. So, you know, it's just, does he keep improving or is he maybe maxed out or is his ceiling much lower than other players picked around him? And with a guy like Vincent Edwards, it does feel like that. But his floor might also be higher, and this is kind of the opposite of the type of player that Dell Demps has gone for in the second round, which is actually low floor, high ceiling. Here, we kind of know what we're getting from Vincent Edwards, and you've got to really look at your team and say, okay, this is what he does. This is who he is. Does he contribute for us? And if he doesn't, you got to pass on him. But if he does, and the Pelicans need help in a variety of different ways, and they like to play small, and the fact that you can get a shooter at the four spot that's a decent enough defender is a big enticing prospect for him. You know, it, he can fit in. So if he does, that's a good thing. And yeah, you take a chance on Vincent Edwards out of Purdue. So you want to know who the surprises are going to be in the NBA draft, who are the guys that are going to slide, who are the ones flying up draft boards. Make sure you listen to the Locked On NBA podcast mock draft we have going on where our hosts are the GMs. They are picking who they want and giving you the reasons for it. It's going to give you a great overview of the draft. So make sure you listen to the Locked On NBA mock draft. Finally, for today, we have a guy that I am very high on, and that is Shake Milton, guard junior out of SMU, six foot five and a half. He's got a very solid wingspan, right around six eight or so. So he does kind of what you want. This guy who averaged 18 points per game in college, shot 45.2% from the field, 42.7% from three point range, 79.1% from free throws, 4.7 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists, and 1.1 steals. This is a guy who projects as kind of a combo guard. In the NBA, a point guard in college, you know, he generated offense for himself, for others as well. But when you really look at him and really watch his film, he definitely looks like an off ball guard, a guy who could be a secondary creator. For you, He can play in the pick and roll and he shows a decent ability to read defenses. He doesn't make a flashy pass and he's not great at getting that creative and creating crazy good offense for others. He did it okay at the college level. So you, it makes you feel like you don't want him being your lead guard. He's got a quick fluid release on his shot and it allows him to work well off ball as a spot up shooter. Defensively, this guy has a lot you like. His length makes him a disruptive force on the that side of the ball. You know, his wingspan allows him to get his arms in the passing lanes. His height makes him tough to see over. He obstructs opponents' visions. He has good enough lateral quickness that he showed off at the combine, and he should be able to be reliably defend both backcourt spots in the NBA. However, there's a lot of questions regarding Milton still, and there's a reason he projects as a second-round pick, despite showing a lot of NBA skills and things you like. He does not have a shot 
off the dribble. So once the ball's in his hand, you want him spot up shooting or passing a little bit more or driving to the rim. He got free throws in college, but he struggles to finish around the rim. And when you really watch him, he's very stiff going up with the ball. That makes you wonder if he's going to be able to finish and score even close in the NBA. Worked in college. I don't know if it's going to work that well at the NBA level. So if he's not able to draw fouls, that's going to be a bit of a problem. And he's going to need to rely on that deep shot to really keep himself out there. So because of that, there's big questions here. But again, he defends really well, even though he's a bit undersized, but really what rookies aren't undersized. And if Ian Clark doesn't come back, Milton's kind of a near direct replacement for him in my mind. Clark played point guard for this team at times. He spaced the court for this team at times. And if you have Shake Milton out there to run with the second unit, maybe with a guy like Rondo, or for him to step in and spell a guy like Drew Holiday for a couple minutes a game, I think he'll be able to do that at least at at an acceptable replacement level in the NBA. I mean, it's tough to find a guy with that kind of length and size at the point guard position. And we've seen how important that can be, particularly if you look at the Golden State Warriors with Sean Livingston and how one, he's a terror on defense because of that. And he's impossible to guard offensively because he can just see right over you. A knock on Milton's defense, and this is big, is he's a much better on-ball defender than he is off-ball. He has this kind of tenacity and focus like we see from Rondo and Holiday when he's defending the guy with the ball. But when he's off ball, that focus and tenacity kind of fade a little bit. You see him miss rotations or he's late on him. He misses backdoor cutters pretty often. So it's a little bit of a concern. But if you can coach that out of him or coach him up, I think that's going to be a good thing. And he has all the tools and the size and ability, all of that, to be a very good defender in the NBA. There's a lot to like about Shake Milton. The numbers speak for themselves. You watch him and this dude can score again 18 points per game as the best option on a team when he was also creating for others is very, very good. You got to like that. But with everything he does well, there's question marks about the ability to do it at the NBA level. This is different from a guy like Vincent Edwards where it's, okay, how much better is he going to get? This is, does it translate to the NBA particularly well? Can he draw fouls at the NBA level? You always have questions about guys' three-point shooting coming into the NBA, and this is a guy who's below 80%, albeit not by much, but below the NBA, uh, below 80% shooting from the free throw line. As I've told you, that's what really projects you to be a good shooter in the NBA. So these are all questions. But again, at 51, you're not getting polished NBA-ready prospects. And if Shake Milton's there, and this is a guy who's likely going to be available during that time, though you might see a team reach and take him in the first round. He's popular with certain school, uh, with certain clubs, and all it takes is one team to really want you. But Shake Milton's going to be available, and at times he shows first-round talent, and it's just how big are those question marks for you? If they're not big, this is a great player to draft if you're New Orleans. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On NBA, getting you ready for the draft and the second round, profiling guys like Josh Akogi, Vincent Edwards, and Shake Milton, all projected to potentially be around the Pelicans at 51. Maybe Josh Akogi is going to go a little bit higher. The other guys, definitely. And that's what you need to know in the run-up to the second round of Thursday night's NBA draft. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all next time.